This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Good morning, Elsie. Good morning, afternoon or evening or sleeping time for some of you, possibly. I'm doing well. Good. (laughs) Yeah. No news is good news, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean it's all it's all really good. I'm um yeah, I'm I'm getting I'm really excited about the E League. Very excited. I've gotten How's it coming the, along? The group is is growing well. Um and I am ex- like really now I'm starting to get butterflies in my stomach because I see the potential and that's what makes me so happy when I actually see these when I when I've heard the podcast these women have and a lot of the there's a lot of uh, alumni that are returning for another round and it just really excites me to be able to take these conversations to how we need to start talking about podcasting so essentially that's what makes me so happy that we get because I mean you guys hear me here and there go off on my LC tangents but this is me all the time. Yes. It's Sign like, up now, people. I know. It's like you're, I, I get to go off Run, on like this stuff that I... <laughs> no, all this, you know, like I'm like reading this book uh, called Hooked. It's called, um, it, well, it is called Hooked. It's by Nir Eyal. And um, it literally is about how habits create the the services that like it's it's called hooked how to build habit forming products and it was created specifically um sort of like to distill what makes a product uh addictive and successful and from the psychological and habit for- forming side of the equation and i this is like this just makes me so excited to dive into all of this stuff because to apply not only f- to our own behavior and why especially things like Facebook are so um, habit forming and what are the what are the elements that really get people to can't essentially say I, I don't know if I can give this up right from for a variety of different reasons not just because your parents are there or because your business is there but there's many other things that are in the subconscious that are essentially making you do it. And they are actually the ones that are forcing you to do these, not forcing you to do it even. It's a subconscious thing. And how, and my conversation is really around when are you going to have, when are you going to turn your own brain on and see how all these things are acting on you? And they are essentially choosing for you. So number one, it's time to get aid to have agency in what you do and how you do it. And number two, how do you use these tactics to build your own community in an auspicious and life-affirming way so that you don't ruin people's lives? So those are only some of the conversations that I hope to bring to the table. So Where if you want to sign these books? I do a lot of research, Jess. I mean, I am seriously like, 
this is my thing. Like whenever I'm not talking about podcasting, habit, uh, habit making and and the way that um, our behavior works and 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 how I'm being affected by this and the way that society is being affected by this is something I'm thinking all the time. Like this is not something I'm this is like the other thing that I think about all the time. I can't stop. So anytime that I go down a rabbit hole and I come across something that is the conversation that I want to be having, I'm like, ooh, I got to get that book. <laughs> I got to read that book. So, this is what you're thinking about all the time? Yes, that is. This is what I'm thinking about all the time. Absolutely. All I do is walk around thinking about what's funny. Yeah, I know. I know. It makes, and then, it makes me yeah. feel like a little bit like maybe I'm not living up to my potential based on what you're thinking about. <laughs> No, because the, well, this is what, okay, so let me close this up really quick. You guys, you have five days to apply for the E-League. I am closing the doors for applications on April 20th. This thing starts, goes live, like literally five days before that, I think. So um, just apply. There's a link in the show notes. Don't delay. Do it. It's going to take your podcast in the way that you want to podcast to a whole other level. But, you know, this is the kind of stuff that really makes me kind of happy. I lo- I really yes I'm intrigued by this. Like this is not something that I'm sitting there like oh I'm sweating and I'm I am truly truly sucked in by this conversation. It's like I can't stop talking about it. I can't stop thinking about it. It's just I don't know. I I'm very very intrigued by it and um, and how it affects my life specifically and how it's going to affect my girls' lives specifically. You're talking but- about privacy, or are you talking about? Um, just creating things in a way that makes people depend on it psychologically. No, I'm I'm talking about the the totality of how media is affecting our culture currently, and how th- how it has completely shifted to take us away from the earth or the land or being embodied in your body and being in the world versus being completely disconnected and being essentially with a computer in front of you and um, everything is at your fingertips right there, you know, including all the good stuff too. Like, Don't you think people strike somewhat of a balance or they try? Uh, nope. No. Are you kidding? No. No. Think about the behavior. Think about all of our behaviors right now. Think about the things that make us tick, the things that we spend the majority of our time engaging with is I venture to say, for the most of us, some kind of screen. I don't think that at this moment in time, in our life, in society, we spend more time not engaged with some kind of a screen, whether it's your phone, your computer, or your television. But is this a bad thing? Uh, I do believe that it is, especially when it's not checked. This is the first time that we as a society have been have had this. So it's not like we have anything to look back on. You know, this is the first time that as a society, we have this type of technology accessible to us 24 seven. And there is no way to look back. There is no like in, the, you know, we don't have another a generation that has gone through this already. And, and yes, I do. And it's moving really fast, too. So we don't even have time to digest what it's doing to us. Like, we don't even have time to question that, because then the next thing has already been 
created because technology doubles in, in speed as it continues to expand. So I am, I, I am absolutely, for me, it's like I'm, I'm pulling on the reins and I'm like, what is it that I need to do to not have this not be a thing? What is it that I'm losing by not being engaged in a different way? What is it that I'm losing by not reading an actual book, like a hand in, handling a book? What is it that I'm losing by not taking walks without a Walkman in my ear? A Walkman. Look, I'm dating myself. Without something in my ears, right? What is it that I'm she losing just said by Walkman? I know by having like earbuds in my ears the whole entire time. What is it that I, you know, I'm just questioning. I'm just questioning. I'm not saying, I'm not judging. I'm just questioning. What is it that I'm not seeing? How am I disconnecting from yeah, I mean, that's my life and my body. I don't, I don't do those things. So I don't think of it that way. Like I'm either on the computer or I'm not. I don't walk around with earbuds. And sometimes I wish I did more, actually, because I'd probably learn more things while I was doing other things. But I am either connected or I'm not connected. And I know a lot of people that limit like their connectivity to only work hours or after the kids go to bed or whatever. Because they want to experience other things besides electronic connectivity. Right. But that, that also So you're actually like, questioning your behavior then or everyone's both. behavior? Both. Both. Hmm. Both, yeah. Because even like, you know, things like television, like televisions have, uh, I mean, they don't really generally turn off usually in a lot of people's homes, right? It's just part of the deal. Usually it's just on. Or, you know, there's, I'm just noticing, and especially, and for me also with the television stuff putting on and the kind of quality that is coming at us in terms of the quality of not only TV shows and things like that, which I think are really good still, but like things like news and um, especially local or, or even national news in the ways that they are set up. It just feels like there is a certain lack of um, depth <laughs> and um, brain power that goes into these things because we are now bite-sized pieces. Everything is in a bite-sized piece. Everything. Well, Headlines. it is a business and businesses in the business of getting viewership. So they're doing exactly. what they have to do to get that viewership. Right. So, the, I th yep. yeah. And then, and then we go back to hooked. Then we go back to the book. Then we go back to these tactics that are being used to create habits of the way that we behave and the way that we respond. So it's kind of like we're being trained. We're being trained by the way that um, everything is being positioned, right? It's, it's all about the way that it's being fed to you. And it's, it's really intriguing to see the psychological implementation of all of these different tactics by um, – things that we get hooked on, such as Facebook or Instagram and why it works. Like it really like put there's so much information into all of that stuff and why it's like, oh, I don't want to go there. That takes so much more time to do that. Or that's annoying. That didn't really work out the way I wanted to because we are essentially being taught to just have the things we want when we want them, how we want them in quick bite-sized pieces. And, and I do think that all of us are kind of losing in the whole, in our whole ability to sort of think for ourselves as a totality. Mm, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, one thing it does give you is the freedom to 
go find the information that you uh, want that makes you happy that, you know, that you want to chase. It gives, you know, it might not be the same as everybody else, but I mean, it's, there's a ton of freedom. I mean, you can listen to what's going on there or choose not to listen to what's going on, but you have the freedom to go to different outlets that you've never had before. It's amazing. It, the, the technology is amazing. If you want to use it, you can, like anything else, you can use it for good or evil. So it really is dependent on the person on how they want to use it. Exactly. But I think that what's happening right now is that as people, we are just staying at one level rather than growing and shifting and questioning and changing. Because you're like, you know, people who are already listening to podcasts are, I feel, already doing what you're doing. But that's the the vast amount of people don't do that. It was funny because I use... For me, I kind of reach out and see what the uh, you know with the people that I don't agree with at times. I listen to what they are saying, and I give it a. I mean, I give it a good listen because, like my co-host says, I'm so easy easily sold on things. He would love to be able to sell me because I can be sold on anything. All salespeople love to be sold. That's why, right? So if you're a good salesperson, well, you're good I, at that maybe. But so, right. like, I'll go and listen to somebody that I really kind of disagree with just to see what they're saying. And and then maybe they have points. And there's a lot of times where I'm like, well, OK, I really didn't think of it that way. And I understand why you feel that way. I might not agree with it, but I understand where you're coming from. I think the problem we have is everybody's running to it. You know what it's like life now? It's like a, a, a middle school dance. One people, they all go to one side of the room and the other people go to the other. The boys go on one side. The girls go on the other side. And the nerds are in one corner and everybody's in their own little place. Nobody's commingling in the, on the dance floor. There's no more commingling. Too many dicks on the dance floor. Too <laughs> many dicks. Do you know what that's from? No. It's from Flight to the Con- Flight of the Concords. Uh-huh. <laughs> they do a whole – They anyway, sorry. They do a whole skit about – they go to the um, club and there's too many men and no women. <laughs> and they do a whole song about too many Yeah, that's a, called, it's called a sausage factory. Floor. Too many dicks. So in in perfect alliance with ourselves, as you've been talking about this, I've been writing down jokes about it. Right. Oh, good. See, so it's funny because Elsie's like real it's serious. Funny. And then she's like, I this is totally happening serious. and this is happening. Right. And I was like, this is so funny because Scott and I went to a hotel where there was no television. And, and like we had a panic attack because sex can only last for so long. What are we supposed to do after that? It was cold, so, I mean, it was on a sheep farm, right? It was when I went to the sheep farm. And we were like, well, I mean, there's a hot tub, great. There's a bed, great. But what about, you know, what are we supposed to talk? That's ridiculous. <laughs> you know? We got to have something to do. We had to bring our laptop. I had to bring my laptop so we could have something to watch. They have Wi-Fi, which is interesting. There's Wi-Fi, but no televisions. So they That's do allow weird. you to work anyway. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I've de- you're sitting there talking about, I think people are, and you're right. You are right. Our society cannot function. I don't even like to wait in a line without my phone. I feel so much more impatient if I can't read my email or something while I'm on the phone. Like there's so many things that irritate me that if I don't have my phone, like waiting in the doctor's office, waiting for a prescription at CVS. Well, we've been trained that if you're not doing something, you're being non-productive. Like there's always that five-minute, you know, the four-hour workday and jam this in and do that and be more productive. So you feel like if you're just sitting there going, hmm, 
wonder what I'm going to eat for dinner tonight that, you know, that you should be doing something else. It's kind of weird. It's a, you know, I'm not lying. It's not, it's um, a weird dynamic, but there's more freedom now than in being able to do and chase what you want than ever before. I feel. There's also like a, there's this joke that I always think of when, um, when you talk about kids and how they don't know what it's like not to have technology. And that is if you're not having a good time at a birthday party, you are, like we as children were up shit's creek. If we went to a birthday party or a Girl Scout meeting or anything and weren't having a good time, my mother dropped me at two. She picked me up at four. There's no way to reach her. In between those two hours, whereas kids now can be like, I'm bored. Can you come get me a little early? Like Emily used to do that all to me all the time. I'm not having a good time. Come pick me up. Or this girl's being mean to me. Come pick me up. They have no idea what it's like to be irritated for like five minutes without, you know, the ability to come get your mom or pick up or pick up a phone and and text someone and tell them what's wrong. They don't know what it's like to hold it in like a normal you know, like a normal person, I guess, is what I was My two say. teenage daughters the other night had a major fight through texting. Not a word was spoken. A lot of all caps <laughs> texts. And then she, one of them came out and said, I'm not driving her to school tomorrow. And my ex-wife's like, <laughs> what happened? She goes, oh, we just had this major blowout. And she's like, I didn't hear anything. And it was all through text. Yeah. Now, I don't I know if I'm for or against that. Oh, no, I used to fight with my daughter via text all the time. And I can tell you what, it's a lot quieter. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't disrupt the rest and of the also, house. You, also, you have a minute to think about what you're saying, though, to the person. I don't think they use that minute. And you have an opportunity to be heard. And you and I both know that with teenagers, that can be difficult. That they will start and they go, I know what you're going to say. Well, if I text you. You can shut up for a second and read what I'm, you know, the, you can get your point. A lot of, in a lot of instances, I got my point across much more effectively because of texting. But this is different than what Elsie's Elsie talking about. That's different. I mean, obviously, we can't argue that technology has made our lives better. She's talking about whether or not it's so addictive we can't function without it or that people don't appreciate the sun and wind. Check this out, which is really like, this is power, the kind of, Thing that this book is bringing to I'm going to send, read you a couple of paragraphs about this and then it's it's and how it actually starts to work with your psychology and the way that you use products and why it's like triggering all this stuff quote consider perhaps your own emotion cued behaviors what do you do in response to your internal triggers when bored many people seek excitement and turn to dramatic news headlines when we feel overly stressed we seek serenity perhaps finding relief in sites like Pinterest. When we feel lonely, destinations like Facebook and Twitter provide instant social connection. To ameliorate the sensations of our certainty, Google is just a click away. Email, perhaps the mother of all habit-forming technology, is the go-to solution for many of our daily agitations from validating our importance or even our existence by checking to see if someone needs us to providing an escape from life's more mundane moments. So essentially, end quote, so essentially what they're saying this is that once the technology has created an, an association in your mind that the product is the solution of choice, then returning on our own is no longer needing an external trigger, meaning it doesn't need like, oh, like you don't go like, oh, so-and-so is going to send me an email. You just go check it, even if you don't have to. You just go into Facebook because 
even if you don't need to connect with anybody else, because it first started as an emotional need. And just like you're talking about text, you know, like if somebody's feeling bored, oh, I have my, my thing, I have my phone, I can text my mom. And then it'll take away the boredom because she's going to come pick me up and we're going to do something else. So from that emotional trigger, from the way that we're feeling, we start to use the technology. And then we become so habituated to doing that, that we no longer need an external. We don't no longer need to feel bored to do it. We just do it. And it, then it becomes like we're not thinking about it anymore. And that's what, I, where I, where yeah. I, what I'm talking about, where it's no longer like that thing where you're finding a solution for a problem. It literally is just a thing we do. Like there's no thought yeah. about it. That's all. I have a lot of opinions about this because my daughter was very addicted to it. Um, there were times when my – like my mother, when she got divorced from my dad, meeting people online was both – um, a, an escape and also a way for her to feel less isolated. Um, but then once they were fully divorced, she would just be online all day and never even get dressed. And it would piss my sister off to no end. I was already in college, so it wasn't bothering me. But she did get quite addicted to it. Um, and, and, you know, when you have a mentally ill daughter and she's addicted to the phone, taking it away would spawn broomstone and hellfire like mm -hmm. like she could not function without it it was like a safety blanket um so i mean those things aren't good but i do think that not having to go to the library every time you wonder about something is cool oh i like God, that i yeah. can just google yeah. shit oh, yeah. at my fingertips whenever i want if i want to know what mammals lay eggs i can find out and i don't have to go to the library and stand in line you know for the card catalog like we used to those of you who are listening a card catalog is a large <laughs> filing cabinet with all the cards of every book and what aisle they were in at the library i know it's so archaic i know and you use the dewey decimal system to find them and we use the oh, dewey decimal that. System. they it don't know so what good. that is it's so, it so fun so oh speaking of old school though you know, do you remember when you used to take out the library books you had to they had that little like envelope thingy majigger and they cover yes. thing where you had to print your name okay yes. so yesterday at the bookstore that i went to there was this lovely mug that was that it was made it was that that it was the lines it was like it was a mug with the you know picture of the envelope inside the book okay kind of thing mm -hmm. you, so mm -hmm. it was really cute i just thought it was very cute and of course there was a lot of people are gonna be like what is that it's a striped thing and i'm like it's a, it's a library thing back in the day <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we used to always grab the card to see who took the book out before you and if you knew them or yeah. not. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it was a that big was deal so, in school, Oh, my gosh. That sure. was so fun. So fun. But anyway, I mean, going back to all of that stuff, it's just that that's the kind of stuff that I want to think about because I, I do feel that we have a responsibility as podcasters because we are part of it. And I'm not saying stop doing it. Like this isn't – to me, this, this isn't like black and white. It's not like don't do it. Just like you're talking about, Jess. It's not about that. It's about awareness and consciousness of what we're doing. Essentially, every single one of us wants people to listen to our show. We all do. That's what we crave. We want people to listen to our show. What's the cost for all of us asking people to listen to our show? We are essentially adding to the massive amount of consumption that's out there. So given that, what is the, our responsibility 
in terms of putting the work out there, the, the stuff that we need to put out there into the world, I feel needs to reflect us, whatever that bigger intention is that you're doing their show out there. You can't just do it just to like waste time. And you can't just be asking people to listen to your show if it sucks like big time well, and you don't, don't put know energy when they in it. suck, Elsie. Well, that's the point you have to ask you have to seriously ask like i just was seeing jessica Rhodes, but she just so do i suck well no you ask yourself whether it's enough like she just posted listen well jessica i'm just putting jessica Rhodes. she just wrote down on you know on facebook as she was asking you know like what if somebody wants to quit their show because they don't think that their long-term roi is worth it and i'm like quit did you see my answer that's what i said too i said quit Quit. I was like, go away and never come back. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. If you're sitting there and ha- and it doesn't matter if your heart and you're not, if it doesn't matter what you're, what you're doing is you are actively messing with other people's heads. <laughs> like you are wasting their time. That's a stretch. Well, yeah, I'm, I don't know if I agree with wasting their time. I mean, they can I, listen and agree with you and never listen again. You're not again. messing with people's heads. Come on, Elsie. Uh you're not messing with someone's head just because you throw up a podcast for shiggles. When I'm saying messing people's heads, I'm not saying that you're manipulating them by listening to you. But what I'm saying is like those like those people can actually listen to something else that is that uh, from somebody who's who really wants you to listen or that has a bigger impact or that is really wanting you to do that. Well, who gets to decide that? Well, Kate, if you're not into it and you're doing, if you're not into your podcast, I'd rather like them choose a little different. You know what I mean? I like consciousness around the things that I, you know, eat or, you know, and I feel like the consumption of it. Right. But I'm saying is that's why there's 31 flavors of ice cream at Baskin Robbins. What you like isn't what I like. And so there might be a little market for everybody. And then there, the, the shows that you like, other people might might not like. So if you don't have the passion for podcasting, so what are you saying? if you don't have the passion for podcasting, it won't last long because it's too much work to do yeah, if you don't have the passion. The, these people will weed themselves out. And if you're just doing it for money and that's all your motivation is, you'd be in the wrong business. You would be, You would do better getting a cup and going on the corner. And begging for money, to be honest with you. But if you have a message and and other people want to follow that, you know, you could. But it's if you're coming in here just to make money and that's your only purpose, eh, I think you picked the wrong business. Yeah, definitely. You're going to be in for a quite a, uh, a disappointing ride. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Why don't we hear from Danny? Let's hear from Danny and then we can segue off of that. Tip six for finding your technique. First of all, you need to warm up. And that's not just warming up your voice and your body, but have a conversation with your guest before you start recording the interview. Warm up the conversation. When people are nervous, their voices tend to be higher in pitch. And if you loosen them up and relax their nerves, they will sound more relaxed and sound better. For most types of microphones, you're going to want to be between two and six inches from the microphone. And then you also need to have some type of pop filter. That's that lollipop looking thing with pantyhose on it in between the mic and your (laughs) mouth. And it's a good idea to have the pop filter split the distance between the microphone and your mouth. Then you have to set an appropriate recording level. A good recording level can make or break a recording. 
I like to hit a zone called the Goldilocks zone. It's just right. It's about two-thirds of the way up where you want the peaks of your recording to hit. That means the loudest moments and everything else sitting just below that. This allows for extra space called headroom so that mixing engineers and programs like Ophonic can add things to the signal without making it so loud that it clips or gets distorted. And I know we talked about quiet earlier, but think about things other than just your room. Are you wearing noisy clothing or jewelry? Have you turned off the notifications on your computer so that Skype doesn't tell you every time someone logs in? Hey, it's Amy Robles from Thinking Riched. I just got to tell you about Danny Osmond. Danny helped me. We spent about 15 minutes one-on-one just talking, figuring out a couple of little tweaks. And my sound went from, oh, new girl on the mic sound to this rich, professional, woofy mama voice. And I love it. When we hear it in the car, my little girl just says, ooh, mama. (laughs) I don't think there's any compliment better than that. He's someone that I trust and someone that I would listen to and learn from anytime. So, yeah, what what did he call it? Lollipop with pantyhose on it? Now we have to yeah. use, now we have to say that it's the lollipop thing with pantyhose. That was that was funny when he said noisy clothing, and I was like, "How is your clothing noisy?" But I mean, if there's a way, I guess there's a way. Earrings well, that course, tinkle, dude. and yeah, people that have like necklaces around their neck. Or here's worse yet: if someone puts on the earbuds that you get with your phone, but the microphone is scratching against yes. your yes. your shirt or your hair. Yeah, anything. For me, it's my hair. For me, it's my hair. Like if I, I, whenever I'm recording a podcast and I happen to, like this has happened a couple times where I've, I've had to record a podcast just with the head buds, like no, no microphone, none of that stuff. I will lift, like I will lift the, I'm actually doing it right now as we're doing it, <laughs> the earbuds up. And forward, closer to my mouth, but still about a, an inch or so away. And I do not let it drop. Like, I don't pretend like it's not there. I I hold it the entire time because it's going to rub on almost everything that I have, either a necklace or my earrings, or but it's particularly my hair. My hair is like, eesh. Yeah, I always it's think always, that the sweet yeah. spot is usually between negative uh, 12 dB and 6 dB. That's kind of the sweet spot. That's where you want to be bouncing. I mean, if you go to three, that's fine. But if you're constantly hitting, you know, the the red or going to zero, then you're clipping. And it's very hard to fix that. I mean, there's some stuff now with Isotope that can take a, a damaged file and make it sound better. But still, the best way to have a recording is somewhere between negative 12 and negative six. Like right now, I'm doing the same thing. I just bought a brand new microphone. And I have to do all the testing. And the matter of fact, the reason I don't have everything new in a studio is because I was afraid that if I did something different after the two weeks we had, I was afraid that I would be the person this time wrecking the recording. So I still have once we get done this, everything's out of the studio today. Right. And actually, for you guys, if you guys, um, you know, when um, John started talking about the negative three and negative six and negative 12 and all that stuff. I know that there's a lot of people that don't even know what the heck that is or where to see it. So uh, I generally like to solve that problem via gain because I can always set the gain on the... Com- Usually you can see the gain inside of your microphone. So sometimes they have little gain 
little ga- gauges and it like it has a little it looks like it's a volume thing but it's not so there are separate knobs for volume versus gain and gain just is is going to sort of expand the 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 sound of your voice coming through the system itself and i generally set it up at so anywhere usually i try to to put it up 5 because i would rather be low than high because you can always amplify the sound afterwards. And just like what John was saying, if you're at negative three, which is when you start to talk about dBs, the lower the number, the the louder hotter the is. sound, the louder it is. So it's backwards. So when he's talking about negative 12, it means that's l- like softer. And negative three, it means it's like moving more towards peak levels. And so that that's why I put it at five, that little five knob inside of your microphone. You can definitely see it there. And if you can't see um, a number, some microphones have a little knob where you could just see that it's low, mid, or high. And so I put it in mid because that way, whenever that recording happens, again, you can always amplify versus blowing things out. And just like John was saying, like if you have, if you're too hot and you can hear that you can hear it when something is too hot by a, a it's kind of like a little, I can't even say it, like a like a prickly, weird, distorted sound whenever the voice is happening. And it's, you can't make that go away. And um, it's it's really hard to clean up. And then when you look at your recordings, whenever you see the WAV files, you will see the peaks, right? You will see that these things are like sometimes they're so high that they flatten almost off the entire the 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 wave the where the wave is it, they completely go away they flatten out right at the top that means that you've just totally blown it so um blown it i have a question because i and i actually Jess records this way Jess, can you hear yourself in your own headphones or do you just hear us no I just hear you. See, that's a problem with the ATR2100 when you're using that to record as a USB and you're not using a mixer. You can't hear mm-hmm. yourself. So you actually kind of got to rely on those lines, you know, whether whatever you're using, whether it's a call recorder. Usually they give you some kind of, I don't know, line that would bounce with your volume that just lets you know that it was on. And sometimes they're they're accurate. So you really want to go – your voice should be between half and three quarters, somewhere around, if you can set your volume. But the problem is, a lot of times I'm hearing people that are using ATR 2100s, you know, with a USB, they're they're really popping into the microphone. And they can't tell because they can't hear it. And right. that's an issue, mm-hmm. too. I think that that's, issue. you know, that's a really great thing, Um that you're talking about. I'm still getting used to the H6, kind of like as the microphone interim at the moment. And what I have found is that I knew how to use my H2N so that it would lessen the pops in, in my P's and stuff. Like I knew how to how to place my mouth on the thing so that it wouldn't really do that. And I have found that now listening to myself on the H6, uh, there's been a couple of times where I'm like, oh, Oh, <laughs> where I can hear Ooh, the peas a little bit more, yeah, 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 yeah. but I can't really do anything about it right now until I can learn how to work the mic, you know? So th- that's something that you guys need to do too. That's why it's really good for you to listen and and have that feedback in your own ears so that you can see, wow, I was really close on that or wow, that S really sounded weird or my P's was that was really poppy. I, you know, something like that. And then that way you can avoid it 
by knowing how to place yourself and then you'll you'll have a much cleaner uh, sound at the at the end. But again, that only comes from you mon- monitoring yourself as it's happening. Monitoring. You mean monitoring? monitoring? Mo- yeah, that's it. Monitoring. Both. Monitor monitoring. and monitoring. Monitoring? Yes. <laughs> yes. I do. Boy, that makes so much sense with you, Jess, that you can't hear. You can't hear yourself. Monitoring. So you can't tell if you're on no, mic or I can't not. Hear myself. That makes no, so much I more sense. Somehow we got to fix that. Oh, it drives me crazy. It's the bane of my existence. Because you can hear, it's like, then you would hear like, um, actually, I feel I feel really bad when I start to, the other thing that I learned too from editing the feed um, last time is how much more sound the H6 picks up. So there were a couple of times I'm like, oh my God, that was just me like rubbing on the, on the table. <laughs> you know I mean? And I'm like, wow, that really dirty. picked up a lot of sound. I I have to be absolutely still and I can't move. Great. Right now with the RE20, I just scratched my I just scratched my face and I was like, wow, I can hear that. With the yeah. AR, no, I had the Shure SM58. I couldn't hear that before. But it's a whole I have a whole thing here. I bought a, a DBX286S, which is a processor gate and all that. So there's all it's a whole science project going on over here. But you have to test it. And I was spent like three or four hours yesterday just trying to set it up the way it is now. And I'm sure I'll be tweaking it as we go along. All the all the geeky stuff, all the geeky stuff. So but Jess, I want to get back to what you I mean, I don't know if this has already happened. I'm assuming this has already happened when we go live. Right. Yes. But it what? seems like the your very first stand up. I can't wait. Happening. Oh my god! Yes. How are you feeling? My first stand-up is tonight. How uh, are you feeling? Nervous. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I feel nervous because I don't have my material memorized, and because I don't even know really if it's funny because I haven't worked on my delivery like at all. I'm going. Probably what will happen is the same thing I happened before Dave Jackson's roast. I'll throw a few back, and I'll be fine. <laughs> I just need a couple of whiskey drinks, and I should be good. Oh my gosh! Little I don't even courage. know how you could do that because it's like it's I don't I don't think I've ever had that that like you know you you see it on TV all the time like where it's like you just drink it what you just drink it and you like you just drink and then it makes everything happy and I just that no never I didn't say me. I was gonna be happy I'm gonna be less nervous not oh, happy okay Jess just did less you nervous did you get that. Thing I sent you on Facebook with the older lady that was doing stand up. Yes, Mrs. Hughes, the comedian. In fact, three people sent me that, which made me wonder: Am I this woman? Well, the reason <laughs> I sent that to you was it was the, she's like seventy. Okay, I didn't send it to you because she's like seventy. The reason I sent it to you was because she was killing, and at one point she Kills. had to tell yes, the audience to good. stop laughing because she only had eight minutes and she couldn't get all her jokes yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's because she said that's because she said she was fighting with her son. I memorized her joke already, Elsie. She goes, she goes. I was fighting with my teenager, and uh, all day. And at the end of the day, he comes up to me, and goes, "Why'd you have me?" And she goes, "Well, we didn't know it'd be you." <laughs> we were hoping for somebody that had a Such job. A yeah, he, yeah. She goes, "We'll be hoping for somebody with a job." But also, though, she says things in a very innocent way, like, well, we didn't know it'd be you. Right. She's so funny. <laughs> She's really funny. 
He says, my son, oh when he was goodness. 10 years old, is my son, when he was 10 years old, he said, I want to marry a woman just like you, mom. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw my husband going, no. <laughs> so then he says, when I, when I did finally meet, you know, his fiance, he, she says, Hiawatha had a, a clothespin <laughs> in her eyebrow. Oh and then she goes, I didn't even know they could fall off. And that just oh, yeah. floored me. So funny. Yes. Oh so God. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm a big so fan funny. of stand-up. I'm so excited to go watch Jess tonight. I will be there laughing. Je- I mean, oh my goodness, if Elsie was there, the place would be rocking because Elsie has one oh of the best gosh, laughs. Oh, my that's right. Yes. We need oh. your laugh. It's a shame you're so far away. How am I going to do? How am I going to no. do? You can pipe me through. You, can't. you, <laughs> you pipe know what? Me <laughs> I got to tell you, it's, I have some. <laughs> oh, can you bring that? Oh, I wish great. I could. <laughs> oh, my God, that would be so hilarious. <laughs> and then, you know, near the end, we give her one of these. It's really helping, actually. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. If you could do that, that would be amazing. Thanks. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, can you? I, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, is that you doing it now? I guess not. I'm telling you right now, there was two times where I, I was playing. I can't tell it, what's real. And Elsie was laughing in the back, was actually laughing also. It's hysterical. Oh, <laughs> that is hysterical. I don't know what's real and what's not. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so oh. nervous for you. You are? You're really that nervous for me? Well, yeah, because I like. I guess what it is is because because this is literally would be like the worst possible thing you could ever do to me. Like, it's like the really? probably possibly one of my biggest fears. Which is what planet to do like anything How like that, like stand up. Oh, oh, like, you one of like your biggest up. fears is to do stand up. Yeah. I yeah. understand. Yeah, okay, I get that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not nervous because like, I know Jess is funny. Well, me too. Right. But, I, but you know, but it's different when you're like, I don't know. I guess I just like, I think about all the, all the things and like all the movies I watch. Like I'm, I'm such a, I don't know. It's like you're, you're a kid. It's like you're, you're, you're my kid, Jess. Like that. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, that's that so kind of sweet. a feeling. It's like a, that kind of feeling where I'm like, you think it's going to be fine, but like, you know, everything's going to be great. <laughs> it's like, Listen, if you bomb, kind of if you bomb, we'll just be doing tequila shooters off of Melissa's shoulders tonight. It'll be no big deal. I have a feeling I won't bomb. Right. So, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? What is the worst that can happen? Nobody laughs or I pee my pants or something. The worst that can happen, honestly, is none of those things. The worst that can happen is that I'll forget my jokes and then get pissed at myself in front of everyone. That's the worst that can happen. And that'll it has be nothing funny to too. do with like what other people think. It really has more to do with like, am I going to piss myself off? Is really the biggest fear. It's ridiculous, but it's true. And I'll have a front row seat to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <sighs> yes, you do. Yes, you yeah. will. Yes, you do. Fabulous. Good times. Yep. So I'm nervous. Um, Wait, it's a dive bar dis- in a not nice part of town, so it should be fine. And and we haven't discussed that you have a new name. Oh, that's right. Oh God, we're gonna do that here. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna uh, do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, yeah, I have a new name. 
uh, my stage name. And I'm doing a stage – you would wonder maybe why I haven't done a stage name so far. Well, I didn't think of it. And also, if you're doing open mic nights, there's – you know, when I speak – like the podcast, whatever. Like people know me, they know how to pronounce my name. MCs at open mic nights are going to stumble all over that shit, and I don't feel like correcting them or dealing with it. Uh, you know, like cup from it is impossible. Why I don't know. It is said exactly how it's spelled. But my like the last fifteen years have been Cufferman, Cupperman, Cooperman, whatever. I just don't want to deal with it. I went through every possible name. So what most people do is they drop their last name and take their middle name. Well, my middle name is Anne, so that's no good. It's not a good last name. And then every other person's middle name that might work, like Scott's or my father's, it's they're all too common. Like his last name, like Scott's middle name is Harris. That's every there's too many Jessica Harris's. My dad's middle name is Bernard of all things, and his first name's Andrew. I could have been Jessica Andrews. That's too common. Um. You know, my maiden name is Carpel, which is spelled like carpal tunnel syndrome, which was also butchered my whole life. So I'm not choosing that. It was just impossible. So, okay. So I chose Jessica Slayer. I'm just going to put come out with it. And here's the funny thing about this was yesterday, uh, her and Melissa, from her co-host from uh, Brilliant Observations podcast and her good friend are tweeting about this. And I am in on the tweet. And for the two of them, I have a special ring, uh, tweet tone for them. And this is Jessica's tone. Who, me? And this is Melissa's tone. Who, me? So the whole time mm-hmm. I'm driving, I hear. Who, me? Who, me? Who, me? Who, me? And with <laughs> so that, ridiculous. I have the names so that she ridiculous. was. Can I use these names? Can I tell them what didn't make it? Oh, God. That's yes, a sin. I guess so. Okay, so we have Jessica Stone. <gasps> Jessica Price, Jessica Chang. <laughs> Those were all <laughs> Melissa's <laughs> ideas. Jessica King. That's stupid. That was her idea. I wasn't going to be Jessica Chang. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Jessica Class. So stupid. Jessica Kyler. Jessica Kane. Jessica like Carr. Kyler. Jessica Curry. <laughs> Jessica Knight without the pips. <laughs> Jessica None Carpell. of these were my idea. I did like Kyler, though. Then I said Jessica Carvel, which made me want ice cream and a cookie puss. <laughs> Jessica Kent, Jessica Kelly, Jessica Keller, two Irish. Wait. Two Irish and two common. They're all too common. Then it was Jessica Winter with a I'll with see. a Y. And then we didn't like the Y. But she didn't want to go no, winter because like it was already a winter. Too many. There's like three winters. There's three Jessica K's. There's two Jessica Winters. Even there's a Jessica Winters with a Y. It's ridiculous. It's really the problem is the name Jessica. Jessica Stryker, Jessica Minx, <laughs> I hate you Jessica right Cardell, so much. Jessica Carpell, <laughs> De- Jessica Chappelle. Could you imagine? No, not we Chappelle. Would, we would never would have never. names if we were grownups, and I had we had to take we had to like all of us pick our name. Could you imagine oh, this? It would be impossible. Nobody would have There's a name. No way we could name ourselves. No way could we name ourselves. It's insanity. I know. We would be like. <laughs> Truly insanity. It is. It is like torture. Right. Then there was Jessica Rose, Jessica Phoenix. Uh, I almost did Jessica Rose, but I thought it was too feminine and weak. Right. The last one was Jessica Balsack, and then she put the end of everything and went with Jessica Slayer. So there we go. Yeah. There you go. What do you guys think? Did I choose wrong? I like it. I like it. It's good. I told you what I thought. I mean, not about the name. I told you what I thought, why the name should, what what it should do. 
it should be like, yeah, it's like the outfit, you know, it's like, yeah, like that yeah, kind of it's a like thing. an outfit. That's right. That's, that's exactly what right. it is. That's what so, I needed it to do. And it's done that. Yeah. And that's the perfect name, because if there's anything that you're like when you were, you know, like <laughs> Jessica, <laughs> if it was something like that, and you're like, oh, my God, then that's a wrong. Yeah. Obviously, that's the wrong outfit. <laughs> Right. So it, yeah, not that's what you got to go with. And it's yours. So when somebody else says it, that's the thing. That's like, yeah, it's it's your thing. Yes, that's what you want to do. I don't know, so that was very funny. well said, Elsie. Whatever you just said, that was very well said. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so yeah um i'm doing an open mic tonight and it's gonna be perfectly fine if i can just memorize my material we'll see how it goes all right we have some news the news you can use for the informed podcaster podcasting news so this just in Skype is adding a record feature, people. I don't I've know if seen you knew that. that. I did. I have seen um, that. They are going to get a call recording feature just for content creators. So right now it's in preview and it's called Skype for Content Creators. It brings a built-in way for creators to place and record Skype calls from within external live streaming and production software. The goal is to make it easier for streamers, vloggers, and podcasters to record and stream their content without dropping a ton of money on studio equipment. What a good idea, right, John? Hey, I'm all for this. (laughs) According to them, it will provide clean feeds for each group participant. Once recorded, video can then be imported into editing apps for further customization before going out to viewers. For podcasters and streamers who already use Skype as part of their production process, this will be a interesting way to simplify recording so that's in beta now i guess how do i get it because i want to try it i want to try it i want to have i don't know people that i know try it how do i get to this where is this promised land from skype good question show me tell me i don't know it's a good question though you're right i will be googling this after this i think this is really interesting because did we cover this because i don't even remember if we covered this or not in the lost episodes yeah, in the lost episode, not the lost episodes. <laughs> in the lost episodes, this the two uh, shows came that out... Jesse, that Jess, Elsie, and John did by themselves by for themselves. themselves for themselves. <laughs> oh, this one's uh, here's a headline from Mashable: Microsoft's new TOS prohibits offensive language on Skype. And um, so here's a quote from the article: There, uh, Microsoft is updating its terms of service on May first, and the news rules just so happened to explicitly prohibit the use of, quote, offensive language, end quote, on its various platforms. Those platforms include Skype and Xbox Live. So um, that's being updated in the beginning of May. I'm only bringing this up because we're talking about uh, using Skype to record all of the stuff. So um, here's a a little bit more from them. Um, When investigating alleged violations of these terms, Microsoft reserves the right to review your content in order to resolve the issue. Did you hear that? Review your content. How are they going to be doing that? 
because they're going to be listening. I don't know. Right. That's a good question. Further explains the new TOS. However, we cannot monitor the entire services and make no attempt to do so. That suggests that the company will be responding to complaints while simultaneously possibly monitoring some of its services for people breaking the code of conduct. <sighs> Tattletales. Mm. It's all about so, tattletales. Uh, there you go. And I guess this is, yeah. <laughs> it is. Relax. So these are the new terms of service for, uh, you know, Microsoft. So if you're a podcaster who is using and the, the vague, the vague term offensive language and somebody knows that you're using Skype to connect, you could be in trouble. So it's offensive language for Microsoft because what's offensive to them might not be offensive to anybody else. That's what I'm saying. It's vague. Right. Offensive very vague. Language. Very, very vague. vague. I think what this yep. all started, stemmed from was people doing peep shows on Skype. Well, actually, it's not even the peep shows. It, it, this, is, is, this is absolutely coming down on child trafficking, t- child tra- uh, sex trafficking. Yeah, well, so okay. um, that's exactly what this is coming down on because of the newer rules that have come out. Uh, not rules, but rulings, if you will. I, I don't know the exact name, but it's like lots of um, it's I can't even tell you the name of these things that have come from Congress. But um, it is really making sure companies are uh, protecting children and sex trafficking. And it's just kind of taking everything in its wake. So I think they're covering their behinds while leaving things vague so that they can say this is against our terms of service. Hmm. because it is this, right? It's not going to spec- uh, be very specific. So I- I'm only bringing this up because that that's that's one of the things. And also, um, we discuss this on the feed too when people keep asking us what exactly is the difference between clean and explicit for uh, iTunes because they want you to choose either one, clean or explicit. And most people are getting a little confused because they're like, well, what is clean? If I say asshole or if I say, explicit. Uh, you know, bitch... Is explicit. It, right, yeah. Is it explicit or is it not explicit? Or what about when you're talking about rape, right? You have a really in-depth conversation about somebody being raped or, or something like that. That could be explicit, but it's not necessarily using profanity, right? Yeah, but I it think is there's a difference between, t- yeah, explicit language. Well, profanity, I think we're going to have to have different qualifications and quantifications for this. Right, but see here, but what I'm getting at here though, John, is that every single time we have asked them to clarify as an Apple, what is explicit? Like, what is it then? Because the conversation keeps happening and they have literally said, we want to keep it vague because that way they can say, this is not, this this doesn't work. It's like, because what happens is if you give people parameters you can say this, but you can't say that. Then people have the parameters with which to climb over the wall, if you will, like or follow, just it. get away with it. Um, and that's what they don't want. They know it doesn't matter about the follow. We are not talking about the followers. We're talking about the people who want to get away with stuff. So, and that's what they want to protect themselves against. Yeah, because if there are breakers. no specifics, yeah, if there's no specifics, then you still, as a company, can say you violated the terms of service because this is offensive language or this is graphic violence or this is, you know, whatever. You could just say that and it can be in its broad sense. That's just what happens. So it's great that Skype is doing that recording thing and I'm, and I'd love to check it and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm excited about that. it. Mm-hmm. Now there's this whole Mashable thing. 
Anything that gives people just, better audio, I'm for. I just want to see if it's going to be good or crap. I tend to think it's going to be the second. Is it going to be goody or crappy? <laughs> Again, I, I think it, it it depends on the person that's – it depends on a lot of different parameters. In other words, the microphone, the setup, the the bandwidth, all that stuff, it, It's going the, the room noise, it depends on all that. Uh, if they can just take the audio from the person's side of the recording side and then upload that like what everybody else is trying to do and not have audio drift – that would be lovely. Yeah, but I'm not sure. You know, I don't think that they're going to do it that well. Like, you know, um, I, th- I know this has nothing to do with audio, but um, you know how you can annotate images on the iPhone? Like when you take a screenshot, how they've added the functionality to be able to annotate. Like you can make, you can write copy and you can have little arrows and you can circle stuff, you know, things like that, that you could do with other apps in the past. But then Apple added the functionality so that you could do it directly from within iOS. Well, it sucks. Every single time that I've tried to use it, it doesn't move very easy. It's like, how do I get this arrow to turn the other way around? It's not moving when I want it to move. And it drives me crazy. And so I still am I'm using like Skitch. Skitch is the iOS app that I love to do annotations in because it's easy, it's clean, it's fast. It moves the arrows and makes the squares super fast and easy. And I, I love it. It exports everywhere. It's awesome. It's awesome. And even though it's the, there's a built-in functionality within iOS, it sucks. So I, I kind of hope that that's not the case for what Skype is doing because I do feel that Ecamm Call Recorder is by far the best recorder that I've ever worked with. It's so, st- it's for the most part, <laughs> knock on wood, it's so stable. It has great quality recording. Even when things go funky with Skype, it still has a fairly decent report- recording. Like it, it's, it's really awesome. And I think the only times that it's failed, it's been user error error hence me you know i've i've messed it up somehow um and something has gone with that side of the equation so i hope that microsoft can recognize what the possibilities around that for that so so what's next big z the big z yeah he went into uh he uh testified before congress um so i'm just bringing it up just because he was there so zuckerberg facebook dude the guy who does all the things for Facebook. Mr. Facebook. Testified before Congress last week, Mr. Facebook himself. <laughs> and I'm going to just put a link in the show notes here. for The Facebook from, dude. That was Facebook so dude. well informed. Yes, I know. Um, the New Yorker. I, I, I have a, a link to the New Yorker. Which that has dude our, with the Z. That, that little Jew from Harvard. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to link to a New Yorker article that was sent to me via a buddy from he was he was in Malaysia and I woke up to this link and he's like you got to look at this last article. See those are the kinds of friends that I have. Like this is like you have to re- read the last paragraph. <laughs> like okay. <laughs> we kind of know you so we I sent you a podcast that I thought you would really enjoy. Yeah, exactly. You do. You totally you guys totally do know me. You totally know me so that you send stuff that are like, "Oh, this is going to float Elsie's boat." <laughs> so. This is this will trigger Elsie. Here you go. Uh, here you go. This is it. <laughs> but uh and here I'm just going to read this last quote because I think it's the one that it, it's just 
kind of sums up the entirety of, of the question that we are actually we started the conversation like this on this episode. So quote, again and again, Zuckerberg referred to a broader responsibility, one of the one that Facebook had failed to recognize, but one that it that it was now ready to assume the company would do more than build tools for users, it would make sure those tools were used for good. Facebook's responsibility is indeed broad. Zuckerberg controls 60% of Facebook's voting shares. His monopoly over the daily flows of human consciousness now rivals John Rockefeller's control of the oil markets. That's pretty insane, guys. The scope of this responsibility yeah. is especially striking when compared to Facebook's admitted failure to protect personal data. Facebook has had plenty of practice at risk apologizing, even as it explains why it is entitled to second, third, and fourth chances. Congress may give Zuckerberg yet another pass. Or or if the senators finally move beyond posturing, they may decide it is time to write some new laws that protect users, end quote. So read that whole entire thing from the New Yorker. That's just the last paragraph, but it's, you know, it's genius. And we've been talking about that, you know, because, again, I'm kind of bringing the loop back to our responsibility as creators. We do have a responsibility as creators to to recognize that we're impacting humanity. And I know that most of us are... Well, it's just a podcast, but maybe it's not just. And we are, in fact, uh, being a part of, of other people's lives. So may we just be aware of what that is really for us. <laughs> I had to bring it back. Can I just say that. one little thing? It's like, but what? not everybody's going to agree what? with everybody. And it's okay. But the other thing, the other people are allowed to, uh, allowed to believe in what they believe in. It, when one side tries to shut down the other side, whatever side that is, that's no good. If you, I always say it's the same thing with TV and radio. If you don't like it, turn it off. The message. I'm just, you know what, Facebook, just be a platform. Just be a platform. I think that that part of it is that they are, I don't think that we're talking anymore. Like, I think it's way beyond just be because the bottom line is that there is way, like, there's way too much power there, you know? So it's no longer just be this. It's, there's way, it's way beyond that. It's, there's way too much power. And that's when it starts to become less about let's just allow everybody to make their own choices because as the intricacy of what can be done via Facebook right now is it, it merits people who have integrity, people who are um, looking honestly are honest and that they have values and i don't think that that's really what's happening I anymore and um then it, it merits regulation unfortunately it does although um <laughs> i i think at this moment it is being primarily used for forces of evil versus not so it's just uh, food for thought Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I know. Um, what is next? No one is marketing podcasts right. This is right up your alley because you say this all the time. This guy says nobody is doing podcast marketing right. And by that, I mean everyone is doing what they think is right instead of thinking outside the box. And what he's trying to say is you're talking to people who are already listening, but you don't ever recruit anybody who's not. That's his point. 
I agree with that. Instead of podcasts marketing to existing fans, they should be marketing to people who aren't fans at all. If I had any artistic chops, I'd draw a comic strip of all these mice fighting over a wheel of cheese while a much larger wheel sits untouched next to it. <laughs> That's funny. He's brilliant. Is it a he? Uh, it is a he. I thought you said um, he. That's why Kevin I said that. Goldberg. Yes, it is a he. That's okay. Yes, Kevin Goldberg writing for discoverpods.com, which I had never heard of. But anyway, it was interesting. You know, I just thought it was interesting. The only network he said he's ever seen do this is Gimlet. By launching their TV and film division, they're forcing podcasts into the mainstream conversation. We don't know what returns this will show, but it's the right idea. That's interesting. Speaking of Alex Inc. I know, right? That's very interesting. It's very, very interesting. Very He's not wrong. I always say people should be advertising on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram because that's where people are. You can't expect to get new listeners just from iTunes. It's ridiculous. You know what's crazy? You're only, yeah, you're- here's here's the crazy thing. I know we're kind of it's like a Facebook thing, but when I was doing Facebook Live with the podcast, I would get as many views as I got downloads. And they weren't the same. So in other words, the listeners were listening. The Facebook people were viewing, but the Facebook people were not downloading. Like they wouldn't move off the platform to go get it somewhere else. So that was interesting. Like how do you get on the move? The downloads were not coming from the viewers. The viewers were my friends or people that knew me. They would view it because they were on Facebook and they'd say, hey, look, there's John. And they would view it. But they wouldn't – down. I could not get them. I could not convert Facebook views to downloads they're like oh here he is because when we stopped doing facebook live because of pain in the rear end you know where everybody was like hey where'd you go and i said well you can go download this and they're like yeah man i don't i don't do that i don't i'm not into podcasting i think that one of the biggest problems though john it is that being able to move audiences from one platform to another platform is is one of the key questions that we need to be asking i think as podcasters and maybe this can be something that you can learn from Podcast Movement. Because Ooh. at Podcast Movement this year, I have a feeling there's going to be some sessions in there that are going to go a little bit deeper into um, not necessarily, well, obviously, yeah, audience growth, but maybe community building from a variety of different perspectives that are not only showcasing things like maybe doing Facebook Lives to grow your audience, but also patreon or moving them to twitter or maybe utilizing something like um discourse because there's a lot of people who are moving their communities to these like very unique ways to build them so if you guys want to come into and and sign up if you have not already please 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 go to podcastmovement.com and get yourself a ticket you can get fifty dollars off of the code SHEEPY, S-H-E-P, SHEP, um, and get $50 off any of the, any any ticket size or price or whatever you get there. And then maybe learn a little bit about how to move people away from Facebook Live to follow you and subscribe to your show. Okay. And now we move on to Zach Braff was at NAB. How about that? I mean, it must have been an interesting show for him to be at NAB. I think that's pretty exciting. From podcast to broadcast featured Zach Braff. Um, 
executive producer and director of Alex Inc., Matt Tarsis, Donald Albright, Payne Lindsay, yeah. Nothing exciting really about it, just that it was cool that they were there. You know, the NAB has a huge podcasting, I don't want to say section, but they've gotten more and more into it over the past years, for well, sure. Well, no, but here's here's the, here's the issue, though, that I've heard, and I think that Rob's going to discuss this once we get on the show, like, in a week from today, we're probably going to be recording another on Friday, feed, right? Yeah. Not this, yeah, not this, but yeah, w- w- later. And... um the problem is that it was like the podcaster pavilion, but it was in the center of it and it's kind of small. So like it, even though it 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 has been lauded more and in fact this what I gave you this is like a this is a business uh com press release and I'm not sure if this is the press release that's happening during the show so that people actually know this is happening because nobody's coming. <laughs> <laughs> or if it actually if they're actually <laughs> pushing this forward because it seems like um even though there there was a lot more focus and I've seen a couple of pictures coming out of an AB that were pretty amazing uh for podcasters I'm not sure that we're getting the foot traffic that we were looking for 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 that hmm. but I will put a link in the article here from um Business Newswire and there was also one from review the reviewjournal.com and it was interesting because I always like to see how uh some of these um other journalists are saying what podcasts are and then this guy uh said that podcasts are episodes of a program available on the internet. So I guess that's a you know succinct way of of putting it out there <laughs> and and also, they they did a whole article on kind of the same thing. The article here was TV shows, movies to come from um, podcasts. Uh, and they discussed uh, all the different transitions between some of the podcast, podcasts that are being made into movies or actually not movies, but TV shows and things like that. So essentially, it just said this. TV gets watered down by the industry's own rules. Tarsus told the crowd podcasters are trying new stuff and they all have this authentic truth to them. So it sounds like uh, finally TV is climbing on board. All right. And so now just to close out the show, I just want to say congratulations to the Center of Documentary Studies that um, they had a series on its scene on radio podcast that's produced by John by I think it's by has been nominated for a 2017 Peabody Award. And their series is called Seeing White. And if you guys, seriously, I mean, this is one of the best journalistic endeavors that I have heard in a long time. It is, I can't remember how many episodes it is. I think it's like eight or something like that. And it really just focuses on whiteness in America, but it's explored from such, I mean, it's, you ha- I can't even explain it. I can't explain the depth of the work that went in creating this. And abs- it sh- definitely, definitely is is an incredible feat. Um, and, and it's interesting because like there's a quote in this article that you guys can read. 
I'll have a quote, obviously, in the show notes. All of these things you guys can can read yourselves. But the last, one of the last uh, paragraphs says, no journalism I've ever done has drawn so many comments along the lines of, this should be required listening for all Americans. And I think that this is really one of the reasons that I feel podcasting can be so powerful because the the depth of, of investigation and discussion that went into creating this series is so nuanced. It's so full of um, human interaction and dialogue, as well as amazing conversations with scholars and historians and just people who really know their stuff. And really hard questions were asked. So you guys listen up. This is not, you know, it's not full of headlines and like jump to cuts and things like that. It's just pure um, it's some of the finest journalists, the, uh, journalism that I've heard. So you guys go ahead and check it out. Seeing White. So congratulations for you guys over at Seen on Radio podcast. Good for you guys. It makes yes. me want to be better. It makes me really want to be better. Congratulations. Definitely. And um, on that note... We are going to wish Jessica a future, no future. Yeah, we're going to write this moment past Jessica. Now it's past Jessica. A great show. We're passing me? <laughs> oh, past Wishing me. Wishing past oh, Jessica. Thank yeah, you. Past you. A great thank show. you guys yes. all for having wished me a good show. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so and much. And we're going to have to catch <laughs> up. We're going to have to catch up on all of this stuff when we come back. Um, next week. I can't wait to get the scoop on that. And I'm yes, sure everybody else can't wait. But I'm sure that if they go back and look at your Facebook page, they can see some posts about it. So, yes. yes. They can also find so me at Jessica Slayer. Um, I'm I'm Jessica Slayer on Facebook and I'm Jessica Slayer on Twitter and Jessica Slayer on Instagram. 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 Um, Instagram. Yeah. And I have that website, but I have nothing on it as of yet. Yeah. But still, it is all so, it is yeah, all coming and you never know. Oh, my God. All right. So if you want to contact us, you can email feedback at shepodcasts.com or you can follow us on social media at shepodcasts. We, we have all of the places that are our at shepodcasts on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, our Facebook page and Facebook group. And uh, we can't wait to hear from you guys um, very soon. Next, next week. Yay. Yay. Oh, my God. Are you going to close the show for me and just say the last thing? I am going to close the show. Thank you guys so much for listening to She Podcast. This has been a wild ride for all of us. Um, please join us. Don't forget to join us at Podcast Movement. Podcastmovement.com forward slash nothing. Podcastmovement.com and use the code SHEP. Um, also check out Elsie's E-League. Also check out Danny Osmond, emeraldcity.com forward slash checklist. Find us on Facebook at She Podcast, on Instagram at She Podcast, on Twitter at She Podcast. And our group is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash She Podcast. You are welcome to join if you are elated. Whoa, 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 if you're elated. Okay. Um... Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to Elsie and John for showing up and doing all of the work. Uh, Elsie, love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye.